Welcome to the Bridge Beyond English podcast. This is an English podcast that will help you expand your creative thinking, global awareness, and cross-cultural communication skills, so that you can connect with the world. I'm your host, David Nagai. This episode is an original article written by Kiara Manuel in the Philippines. I will be reading her article, and you can find the text version of the article along with English tips and vocabulary help at my blog. So you can click the link in the show notes to access that, or. Just visit bridgebeyondenglish.com. Also, I will be reading this article with my voice, but after I read the article, I will also have Kiara Manuel's original voice. I'm reading it first so that it's a little bit slower and the audio is a little more clear, but. Kiara Manuel has a great voice and communication style that you can also enjoy at the end. I hope you enjoy. The Philippines 2022 election. This is an original article by Kiara Manuel in the Philippines. The Philippine presidential election that took place on May 9th resulted in a 59% landslide majority of votes for Ferdinand Bongbong Marcos Jr., also known as BBM. He is the son of Ferdinand Marcos, who acted as a long-time dictator. 36 years ago, Marcos Jr. held a 15 million vote lead against the economist and lawyer, incumbent Vice President Maria Leonor Leni Gerona Robredo. While there were 10 candidates for presidency, Marcos and Robredo. Have been the front runners since the beginning of the campaign, alongside their running mates for the vice presidential race, namely Sara Duterte Carpio and Francis Kiko Pangilinan, respectively. The Marcos Duterte pair both came from political dynasties and spawns of dictators. Despite the persistent avoidance of attending public debates and interviews in the public media, they still remained front runners in the presidential and vice presidential elections. In terms of their platform, nothing concrete was drafted and presented to the masses, but they always leave a message calling for "quote unquote." Unity, as if it's the solution 
to any social issue presented to them. On the other hand, current vice president Lenny Robredo managed to show up to every public debate or media interview and has an active group of supporters from different walks of life that made her campaign trail stretch far and wide around the country. Her visits to major cities turned into campaign rallies where celebrities, influencers, and local talents share the stage in the name of volunteerism. With her campaign tagline, Angat Buhay Lahat, which could be translated as lifting the lives of everyone, her platform includes the Robredo Economic Recovery Program, which focuses on health, labor and employment, education, and a COVID-19 recovery plan. Her running mate, Kiko Pangilinan, who is in his last term as a senator, has his tagline, Hello, Pakain. Goodbye, Gutom. Translated as, Hello, food. Goodbye, hunger. Senator Kiko is a farm owner and a staunch advocate for agriculture, farmers, and fisherfolk. As is reflected through his legislations he had sponsored and authored in Congress. Now let's talk about the Marcoses and the Philippines. As we consider the ramifications of Marcos becoming the new president of the Philippines, it's important to look back on his family's history for more context. When his father, Ferdinand Marcos Sr., was elected as the 10th president of the Philippines in 1965, he managed to stay in power for the next 21 years because he declared martial law on September 23, 1972. According to Amnesty International, the military rule ordered by the dictator unleashed a wave of crimes under international law. This included the torture, illegal detention, massacre, and disappearance of anyone who is critical of the government. Alongside the violent acts were the Marcos families and associates, sudden increase in net worth, which was a result of corruption, as confirmed by the Presidential Commission on Good Government. Then First Lady Imelda Marcos splurged on luxuries and tried to present the Philippines globally through grand infrastructure, which led the country to be buried in debt. She pushed for the idea of a better Philippines, even if it meant displacing indigenous peoples from their land so that she could place safari animals in Kalauit Palawan. Also, when expediting the construction of the Manila Film Center 
so that the Philippines could host the 1974 Miss Universe, 169 workers were killed when they were buried in a quick drying cement due to a construction accident. Eventually, millions of Filipinos from different walks of life participated in a non-violent demonstration along the Epifanio de los Santos Avenue, also known as EDSA. This people power revolution finally forced Marcos Sr. to be overthrown on February 25th, 1986, which ended the dictatorship and began a new era marked by true freedom and democracy. Now, in 2022, after 36 years of so-called democracy, the son of a dictator has managed to get elected by the majority. Well, it has always been a question of why Filipinos let it happen, it all boils down to the quality of information people are consuming. As social media has been a big part of voter education, it has been a double-edged sword because content uploaded is not easily fact-checked or monitored. TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook were seen to be a platform of historical revisionism, where the atrocities of the Marcos regime were hidden, while the infrastructure and transportation development were celebrated. However, no decent human being would say that all the bloodshed was worth all the infrastructure the Filipinos are benefiting from today. In the 2016 polls, Filipinos had mixed emotions when President Rodrigo Duterte was elected. He was popular among the masses for being vulgar and outspoken. And for the past six years, he stunk of misogyny and fascism. His rule paved the way to the war on drugs, which he proudly takes credit for and which has cost hundreds and thousands of lives. The International Criminal Court has launched an investigation for these human rights violations, but the election of daughter Sarah Duterte, the presumptive vice president, might change the course of the case. As President Duterte steps down, much of the country began hoping for Vice President Robredo to be a replacement. But we will never have the chance to see her lead the country as the President of the Republic of the Philippines. The future is bleak and uncertain now that the successor as the head of state is a Marcos and his vice president, a Duterte. Many fear that this duo will continue their family legacies of authoritarianism that will further widen the gap between the rich and the poor. 
and leave the most vulnerable behind in the dust. As history is being revised before our very eyes, the Filipinos should challenge it with facts and help all citizens never forget the tragic mistakes of the past. By talking about the horrors of the previous governments, we honor our survivors and those who lost their lives. We should not let democracy be used against us because our democracy was fought with courage and pride so that we could enjoy true freedom. Now our task is to continue that democracy and freedom by the way we speak, listen, act, and use our available information responsibly. And now here is the article read by the author herself, Kiara Manuel. The Philippine presidential election that took place on May 9th resulted in a 59% landslide majority of votes for Ferdinand Bongbong Marcos Jr., also known as BBM. He is the son of Ferdinand Marcos Sr., who acted as a longtime dictator 36 years ago. Marcos Jr. held a 15 million vote lead against economist and lawyer, incumbent Vice President Maria Leonor Leni Robredo. While there were 10 candidates for presidency, Marcos and Robredo have been the frontrunner since the beginning of the campaign, alongside their running mates for the vice presidential race, namely Sara Duterte Carpio and Francis Kiko Pangilinan, respectively. The Marcos Duterte pair both came from political dynasties and spawns of dictators, Despite the persistent avoidance of attending public debates and interviews in the public media, they still remain frontrunners in the presidential and vice-presidential elections. In terms of their platform, nothing concrete was drafted and presented to the masses, but they always leave a message calling for unity, as if it is a solution to any social issue presented to them. On the other hand, Current Vice President Lenny Robredo managed to show up to every public debate or media interview and has an active group of supporters from different walks of life that made her campaign trail reach far and wide around the country. Her visits to the major cities turned into campaign rallies where celebrities, influencers, and local talents share the stage in the name of volunteerism. With their campaign tagline, Angat Buhay Lahat, which could be translated as lifting the lives of everyone. Her platform includes the Robredo Economic Recovery Program, which focuses on health, labor and employment, education, and the COVID-19 recovery plan. Her running mate, Kiko Pangilinan, who is in his last term as a senator, has his tagline, Hello Pagkain, Goodbye Gutom translated as Hello Food, Goodbye Hunger. Senator Kiko is a farm owner and a staunch advocate for agriculture, farmers and fisherfolk, 
as reflected through the legislations he had sponsored and authored in Congress. The Marcoses and the Philippines As we consider the ramifications of Marcos becoming the new president of the Philippines, it's important to look back in his family's history for more context. When his father, Ferdinand Marcos Sr., was elected as the 10th president of the Philippines in 1965, he managed to stay in power for the next 21 years because he declared martial law on September 23, 1972. According to Amnesty International, the military rule ordered by the dictator unleashed a wave of crimes under international law. This included the torture, illegal detention, massacre, and disappearances of anyone who was critical of the government. Alongside the violent acts with the Marcos families and associates, sudden increase in net worth, which was a result of corruption as confirmed by the Presidential Commission on Good Government. Then First Lady Imelda Marcos splurged on luxuries and tried to present the Philippines globally through grand infrastructure, which led the country to be buried in debt. She pushed for the idea of a better Philippines, even if it meant displacing indigenous peoples from their land so that she could place safari animals in Kalaw, Palawan. Also, when expediting the construction of the Manila Film Center so that the Philippines could host the 1974 Miss Universe, 169 workers were killed when they were buried in quick-drying cement due to a construction accident. Eventually, millions of Filipinos from different walks of life participated in a non-violent demonstration along the Epifanio de los Santos Avenue or EDSA. This people power revolution finally forced Marcos Sr. to be overthrown on February 25, 1986, which ended the dictatorship and began a new era marked by true freedom and democracy. Now in 2022, after 36 years of so-called democracy, the son of a dictator has managed to get elected by the majority. While it has always been a question of why Filipinos let it happen, it all boils down to the quality of information people are consuming. As social media has been a big part of voter education, it has been a double-edged sword because content uploaded is not easily fact-checked or monitored. TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook were seen to be a platform of historical revisionism where the atrocities of the Marcos regime were hidden, while the infrastructure and transportation development were celebrated. However, no decent human being would say that all the bloodshed was worth all the infrastructure the Filipinos are benefiting from today. In the 2016 polls, Filipinos had mixed emotions when President Rodrigo Duterte was elected. He was popular among the masses for being vulgar and outspoken. And for the past six years, he stunk of misogyny and fascism. His rule paved the way to the war on drugs, which he proudly takes credit for and which has cost hundreds and thousands of lives. 
the International Criminal Court has launched an investigation for these human rights violations. But the election of daughter Sara Duterte, the presumptive vice president, might change the course of the case. As President Duterte steps down, much of the country began hoping for Vice President Robredo to be a replacement. But we will never have the chance to see her lead the country as the President of the Republic of the Philippines. The future is bleak and uncertain. Now that the successor as the head of the state is a Marcos and his Vice President a Duterte, many fear that this duo will continue their family legacies of authoritarianism that will further widen the gap between the rich and the poor and leave the most vulnerable behind in the dust. As history is being revised before our very eyes, the Filipinos should challenge these with facts and help all citizens to never forget the tragic mistakes of the past. By talking about the horrors of the previous governments, we honor our survivors and those who lost their lives. We should not let democracy be used against us because our democracy was fought with courage and pride so that we could enjoy true freedom. Now our task is to continue that democracy and freedom by the way we speak, listen, act, and use our available information responsibly. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening and a special thanks to Kiara Manuel for her wonderful perspective on the ground in the Philippines. If you would like to use English to continue to expand your creative thinking, global awareness, and cross-cultural communication skills, you can click the link in the show notes or visit us at bridgebeyondenglish.com. We have classes in Yokohama, Motomachi, Japan, as well as online where you can take a class from anywhere in the world. Thank you so much. I'm your host, David Nagai. We'll see you next time.